Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, but also ideas can change the world. I recently took a vacation to one of my favorite places, Maui. And as I often do, um, I'll go walking and I'll just walk randomly anywhere. There happened to be a, a walking trail outside my hotel room that actually goes for a few miles. And uh, one of my favorite stopping off points is a little restaurant called The Castaway. And I recommend any of you uh, look it up if you're in the Kanapali area. Uh, it's tucked away. It isn't, it's on the trail, which is the only way I would have run into it, but it's tucked away. It's not something that they're blasting out advertisements on. And uh, they got an uh, outdoor uh, bar area. They've got, you know, it's, it's a diner. It's basically a diner. And it was the middle of the day. And, um, and I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to get them. I was all alone and I'm trying to get them uh, to seat me outside and they say it's too hot, but one of, one of the kind waitresses, waitresses actually allowed me to do so. I was the only one out there, had a beautiful, beautiful uh, Mai Tai and sat there and watched the ocean all by myself on that hot, hot deck. And uh, a few days later, I took a walk with my wife. Her name's Sally, by the way, if, you, if I haven't mentioned her in the past. And I said, it's, it's going to be great. You know, no one's there in the middle of the day and we'll sit outside. And darn it all, they wouldn't seat me outside. And I ended up um, right under the porch uh, uh, deck, uh, roof, uh, and, uh, hardly notice at first, but there's a couple sitting to the left of us. And, uh, and I don't know how it happened, uh, but we ended up in a great conversation. It was an incredible, great conversation. So, uh, being spontaneous, I said to him afterwards, um, we've got to actually have a conversation on, on my podcast because you have a voice and you have ideas and they need to be heard. So I'm going to introduce to you today someone from the trail in Maui, a guy named Levi Hoffman, who is a, a world-class musician, working musician, been all over the world, and, uh, and also an inspirational speaker. And you'll learn why in a second. Levi, welcome to The Great Conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I'm honored to be here. Let, let, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I could spend the next 20 minutes just talking about Levi Hoffman and my conversation with you. I, I didn't even need you on this podcast to do so, but I think you have, uh, you have a similar trait as me. We both have a face for radio. What do you think? <laughs> I, can, I concur completely. <laughs> Everybody's well, very fortunate that I'm on radio right now. You, you have a melodious voice. I've been told I have a radio voice and you do too. So why don't we start off and talk about that conversation? Tell me, tell me why you think it was a great conversation and what we learned. Well, you know, the, it kept popping in my head as we were speaking, the concept of uh, twin sons of different mothers. Uh, we seem to both be a little bit autodidactic um, and loving books and quotes is one of my favorite things. And we just uh, went down that uh, that rabbit hole and um, in bliss, and uh, I'm still feeling that bliss from that conversation. Well, it, it, it's so interesting, 
You're absolutely right. If I remember right, you'd say a quote, I'd say, I know who that is. And I'd mention it. Then I would do a quote and you'd say, I know who that is. And we went back and <laughs> forth. Uh, but it was the ideas, though, not the quotes. It was the ideas right. behind them. And uh, I, I got to tell you, if you don't mind, describe for me how you were sitting there in one of your gigs playing whatever, jazz, blue, reggae. You're, on, you know, you, you're sitting there playing for your audience. And, and tell me that story about you stopping and getting them all to do something totally outside something they even expected. What was it? Well, you know, Ryan, um, I get chills even thinking about it. I'm, I'm passionate about this. Um, my dad was my best friend on earth, along with my beautiful wife, Jane. And um, he was, uh, he dealt with COPD before he passed. And as uh, he was dealing with that issue, I started to study uh, about breathing because I wanted to uh, kind of lower some of his suffering. I, my dad uh, had me in pre-med as a kid. Um, and uh, I was uh, moonlighting, playing music. I went on to pursue music, but which turned out to be a medicine in and, in and of itself. But in the studies of, of uh, breathing, it became fascinating to me. And I came to realize just how important and how powerful a gift this breathing is. And that most of us uh, kind of live by autopilot. Our, our autopilot is a wonderful thing. It keeps us alive. It keeps us breathing. But it, it's also... Our breathing apparatus is like having name your favorite sports car in the garage and taking it out um, for a uh, 20 mile an hour cruise around the block when you could do so much more with it, obviously, especially if you're uh, on something like the Autobahn. And um, I started practicing breathing uh, for myself as I was teaching my dad some of these techniques. And I found myself getting better and better, more and more able to deal with his challenges. And um, before I really started a formal practice, I had gained comfort weight because I was really challenged watching my dad's health deteriorate. Pounds started dropping off. I became more lucid. I was less stiff and sore in the morning, feeling better and better. And I came back and told my dad, every good breath you take, dad, is like putting a $100 bill in your pocket. So I began to parse the concept of what is a good breath. And um, as it turns out, there are many different types of breathing, different um, practices of breathing that can do different things for our beautiful, awesome bodies. So at this gig, I offered one of the simplest techniques of breathing for all of us that can change one's life almost immediately, and that is to have your exhalation be a little bit longer than your inhalation. So what I told people to do was to take a sticky note and put it on the dashboard of your car. This is a moment of serendipity, by the way. Put a sticky note on the dashboard of your car that says, take three deep breaths. I went on to, which I will, as we speak today, um, a little bit more about the technique of it, but I essentially said that these three deep breaths will offer you the opportunity to choose a better thought because most of us with our awesome minds tend to ruminate. We tend to spend a lot of time in the past and the future and to drop a quote, the Fulton Ausler said that we crucify ourselves between two thieves, regret for the past and fear of the future. And we spend a lot of time on thoughts that don't serve us. 
So with these 3D breaths, what this does is it gives you the opportunity to come to now instead of lingering and ruminating in those, those two other places that are vapory notions. Now is the point of power. So um, that's essentially what that was. And if you want me to go on with the, um, the technique, I'll, I'm happy to do so. Well, let's just pause for a second. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I, I got the story. So you first started getting interested in breathing just to help your father's suffering. And so you start right. studying it and you start realizing how expansive it is, the notion of breathing. It's not just about easing your father's situation. You start, you start connecting the dots that this thing is not just about physical health. This is about mental health. This isn't about physical and mental health. This is about in, enlarging, enlarging your consciousness in such a way where you can lead a better life. That, that's what I just got out of that story. Is that correct? Precisely, Ron. That's exactly right. And, you know, um, it, it's astonishing how powerful this free gift of our breath can be. It is astonishing. It's astonishing. You know, I've heard, I don't know, I don't know where I got this. And so I don't even know if it's scientific or not, but I'm told we only use a very small percentage of our total brain power, for example. So when you, um, when you said, interesting, this is an opportunity to choose a better thought. And then you, you had that wonderful line, that quote, about crucifying ourselves between two thieves, the past and the future, and now is the point of power. This is a very, very powerful thing. But just before we go on with that, yes, I would like mm-hmm. some instruction. I'd like to leave the people listening to this today with more than just the sticking up. I, I would love to have mm-hmm. you walk us through it. But before I do so, you said, you know, you originally your father originally thought you were going to med school and you're playing side gigs. And, uh, and now let's fast forward. You've been learning breathing. When did you choose to make that part of your gig? When you have an audience in front of you and you're playing your beautiful music, at what point did you decide, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little risk here. These people are enjoying drinks. They're enjoying music. They're here to hear me play, not pontificate. When did you take that risk? What made you do that? You know, um, as I was reading these books, I came to understand just how much we are all one. There's a collective consciousness, and music is a gateway to collective consciousness. I, I call it a passport into people's hearts. And looking around, I've as I've been playing for so long, I have a comfort zone now so I can make eye contact with a lot of people in the audience and for some reason um, I can see um, the various stresses and and feelings that people have as I can can see people closing their eyes and trying to disappear from whatever daily stresses that they have and it created a great deal of compassion and um, so I was thinking you know between songs I'm going to offer a way to even create more collective coherence in this crowd and to breathe together <laughs> is um, almost a magical way to create a collective coherence, whether you're doing it with a, with a, a loved one, a lover or a crowd. And um, so 
I have found since then that uh, people have been coming to my gigs and saying, I've been practicing that breathing thing. And oh my goodness. And understanding how simple and free a tool this is. I, one of the things that we connected with um, at the Castaway was that um, this is something that is available to all of us that is revolutionary. It's, it's, it's something that one can start doing as you're listening to a podcast and start feeling better. That's sensational. It is. It's, it is sensational. I love, I love the segue too that you just talked about. The segue I just got from this is music. You already understood that the blessing you've been given in life is to play music that for a moment in time touches people's hearts, may even take them to a place outside their day-to-day stresses. So you already knew that. That was your role. That's the gift of you uh, in this world. And, um, and suddenly you're doing the same thing now, except through breathing. You, you, have, you have created a way to meet them not only at their heart, but their mind, their soul, their consciousness. That's, that's pretty incredible. You're bringing all those things together. It, it's, it's remarkable. And, and it's very redeeming because I, there was a good period of time. I was uh, raised to become a doctor. I've got a lot of doctors in my family, but they made the big mistake. My mom did of starting me on the piano at four years old. And I fell in love with music. I went up playing the oboe in, in grade school, junior high and high school. Uh-huh. And, um, picked up a guitar on my own. Um, and, um, that was my love. And, um, so when I dropped out of pre-med studies after five years, I was essentially excommunicated from the family. Um, so I bought a one-way ticket to Paris on my own dime and, uh, was going to stay there for three months and went up living there for five years. And I went up doing a record over there and, and I did a movie and some other commercials and TV and film things. And, and, um, when I came back, my dad spent the remainder of his life apologizing for trying to force me to, to fulfill his dreams for me instead of mine. And I spent time telling him that I understood that was completely out of your love for me, dad. And, and um, the rigors of pre-med studies helped me to be a better student as a musician, as well as uh, these things that I have taken on now. And the full circle of it, Ron, is that uh, I'm kind of a doctor at these gigs, helping people to... Um, kind of an integrative approach to help themselves, which we all can do. That's what's so exciting. Well, you know, in a similar story, but different, but similar story and context, um, I really felt imprinted on my mind and heart at an early age as a young man that I was born to write. And I naturally gravitated toward uh, some great authors um, and who were also adventurers, uh, which I kind of, I kind of put writing and adventuring in the, in the same sentence. And so people like Hemingway, Hemingway <laughs> and Steinbeck and others. Right. And so right. I, I, I have this dream. I, 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 I've been called to write and life took, uh, a detour because I had to go get a job. I had a kid, I got married. I had a kid to support, and I felt selfish to have that dream. So I went into the business world. And for years, 
I had a conflict just like you must have had with your father. And the conflict was, wait, wait, your dad's dream was that you were going to be a doctor, but you did become one. And my dream of becoming an author, I didn't realize this till I was going, you know, dealing with my yearly midlife crisis that I'm in business, sacrificing my soul. And I realized (laughs) I've been writing the stories of other people's lives on their path to value. And I didn't realize that my gift had come true. And so your father's gift came true. Your father's <laughs> gift. You healed people. So exciting. And and continuing forward with that, I've been getting a lot of kudos from my medical professional uh, relatives. My cousin, uh, Greg, is a cardiologist, and he is bringing me into his practice. Um, with He's doing a integrative approach with a full spectrum diet and exercise and and spiritual approach, all that kind of thing. He studied with Deepak Chopra for a year. Right. So it's just full circle how that's come around now. Very good. Um, well, let's do this in the remaining time we have together. Take us through, take me through, I'm your guinea pig, but take us through all you listening. Take us through what you can to teach us how to, to uh, capture the breath of life. Now, this is a, a, a beautiful practice, Ron, and, and again, I always want to reiterate how easy it is. Uh, it's actually how simple it is. Uh, the challenging part is to make it a practice. There's a number of different breathing techniques that are really wonderful, including techniques that they teach to special forces in the military for when they're being shot at to calm themselves down. So if you can use your breathing to calm yourself down while you're being shot at, how much more can you do that in traffic or at the office or, or, or you know, with the, the kids screaming or whatever other challenges, stresses you may have. So the first, I call it the, the first intervention in a stressful situation is one that I learned from um, a book called The Relaxation Response by Herbert Benson and found it repeated even in ancient texts. That is to have your exhalation be a little longer than your inhalation. So, for example, you inhale for a count of four, you exhale for a count of six. Now, part two of this practice is many of us breathe in above our nipples, uh, high in our chest. And there's so much more to the lungs. As a matter of fact, the lower lobes of the lungs contain more receptors for our parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and relax. We all live in a world of stress now in a big way. And so we're in fight or flight, whether we know it or not. You're in fight or flight when you're in the car. We're in fight or flight even when we're watching the news. Um, And um, so this breathing technique will take you into your rest and relax. And the moment that you go into rest and relax, you're helping yourself. Your body gets into a place of healing. That's when the body heals. For example, we, we heal best when we're sleeping. Uh, the body knows what to do. So we want to think of our breath as coming in below our navels and breathe in deeply for a count of four and out for a count of six. Now, or in for a count of three, out for a count of five. Find the one that's most comfortable to you. Part two of that is we have come to understand that nasal breathing is far superior to breathing through your mouth. As a matter of fact, breathing through our mouth is less than healthy. So a good practice is to learn to breathe through our nose in and out with the 
with the added thought that it, every once in a while, exhale through your mouth like you're sitting in your perfect temperature hot tub, or you just had a perfect sip of hot cocoa or whatever your favorite libation might be that, <sighs> but try to maintain a practice through the nose. This, you know, for another conversation, it kicks up nitric oxide, which is a, you know, the listeners look up the benefits of nitric oxide and nasal breathing. You'll do yourself an enormous favor with that. But again, quite simply, this practice is to breathe in. I, I use a count of four. So for a count of four, exhale for a count of six and do this three times. And you'll find at the third time that, Hey, you know, maybe I want to do this a little bit more. I tell people in their cars at the red light, you're going to find yourself looking forward to red lights and you're going to find yourself getting less red lights. So it's a marvelous practice. Um, and it will bring you back to now. The the great Wayne Dyer said to uh, bring yourself from nowhere, that is ruminating between the past and the future, to now here. And Ram Das said the same thing, be here now. Now is where you are driving your magic bus in the direction you want to go. Um, ruminating is nowhere and it doesn't serve us. So that breath, that wonderful breath will bring you to now and it is life altering. Uh, it's also a contradiction in terms. You have this action statement, drive your bus. So there's that intentional and, you know, that hard nosed business guy, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drive my bus too. And then you say, now. <laughs> And, and suddenly you, in a, in a, it's a paradox because now you're taking your intentionality to be present in the moment. Is that, is that correct? Do I have that right? It is essentially. And I, I like the concept of when you, when you grab the steering wheel of your magic bus, you can put on your own music and you can take it to where you want to go as opposed to being led by the, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. <laughs> see, see that, that's where Levi and I geek out because I know immediately that's Macbeth, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be, my brother. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> this has been a wonderful, wonderful and great conversation with Levi Huffman. And uh, Levi, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Very much. So I'm, I'm again, so honored to be here, Ron, and I'm even more honored to have met you and and you and your lovely wife, Sally, and, and I look forward to your future friendship. Uh, I can't wait for you to get to Seattle one day, or we're going to just end up on Maui again, I think. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Jen and I are moving there uh, very soon, so you'll come and hang out at our place in Maui. Okay, now it's a definite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> this has been a great conversation, and uh, looking forward to all of you listening in on The Breath of Life. <laughs>